new baby. <laughs> I've always wanted to open up like that. And we're back. How y'all doing, ladies and gentlemen? We're not doing a live stream, so you're not going to get a lot. Li- oh, actually, we are doing a live oh, stream. Oh, we are doing yeah, a already, live stream. I already set it up. Trying to get it going. <laughs> what platform are you using? Instagram for right now. Oh, wow. We on IG Live recording the podcast? Yeah, with like one audience member. Hey. You got to sell One's numbers. better than zero. Exactly. All right. Prince, what have you been up to these since the last time we recorded? Honestly, a lot's gone on. First off, congrats to the Nats, National Washington baseball team. They won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Are you a Nats fan? I've been to a couple of Nats games the past two, three years. Um, I enjoy the Nats. I grew up with um, Orioles, but I haven't been to the Orioles? Yeah, I not up- Oreos. Orioles. Uh, excuse me. Orioles. <laughs> I really don't care. We're not cookies. Can I finish? Or are you just going to keep... like? Introduce- I just have to make that abundantly clear. I'm sorry, guys. I don't enunciate properly, so sometimes it sounds like I say one thing and people know what I mean. But anyways, I grew up watching the Orioles um, when I was younger, but uh, I just gravitated towards the Nats because I've been going to their games and understanding their team a little bit better. Uh, yeah, so just congrats to them. I've just been working a lot more. Uh, what else? Been in school, or grad school. That's been taking over my life. <laughs> and financial situation got to work less so I can focus on school more. Uh, but enough about me. What about you, Brian? What have you been up to? Jigun Otepke. Oh, that's right. You're learning, you're, you're learning Korean. That's a that's a zuck. <laughs> so we are on an English podcast, so you gotta explain what you just said. Yeah, uh so I have been learning Korean on and off for about a year, but the past I'd say month or so, maybe like three weeks or so, uh I decided to take my studying up to the next level and just go super hard at it and i'm glad that i did because i've learned so much within these past uh two or three weeks <clears throat> and um yeah learning a language is really exciting to me especially a language as different from english as korean and yeah like it's been a blast so um off there, you were telling me that you may plan on traveling to Korea. Is that possible? Yes, that is very, very possible. I'm in the early stages of planning out a trip with my chingu. That's friend in Korean. Okay. <laughs> uh, my chingu uh, and I may uh, go out to Korea in the summer of 2021. Um Kind of wanted to be earlier, but you know how life is. Yeah, don't rush. <laughs> as long as you get out there and get the experience, mm-hmm. that's all that matters. Because the thing is, I want to go out there for a while, like not a just month? yeah, like a month at least three weeks. Like uh, I just want to. I don't want to just like kind of be there on some tourist stuff and then just like, all right, I'm here. Oh no, now I'm gone. Now, like I want to be there and really like absorb the culture. You want the full experience. Yeah. Like, I want to feel what it's really like to live in Korea. And, yeah, so that's why I feel like being there for at least three weeks, preferably a month, 
um, would be great for me. It would be great for my Korean as well because the best way to learn a language is to kind of jump off the deep end and go to a country that speaks that language and just kind of you gotta you gotta play with the language like you have to interact with people mm -hmm. see how people mm -hmm. pronounce and enunciate certain yeah. words and stuff because because and especially for korean um korean is actually a very not very but a pretty easy language to read and write uh because the alphabet is so simple it's actually more simple than the english alphabet um there's like there's only like 24 characters and putting them together is is done in a way where everything's consistent everything just makes sense uh the the sounds that vowels make are 95 percent of the time consistent to what you learn mm. um and yeah it's very simple to read and write um pronouncing it can be a little difficult because the way the syllables work um the vowels their own vowels uh, the vowel, some vowels, if you're an English speaker, are a little weird. Um, one that always gets me is uh, American English speaker too. Yeah, yeah. Wait, even just any, any kind of English speaker. No, because you know British English is different from American English. It, it, <laughs> it is, but from but like the vowels are still the same. same but it's yeah. how they enunciate it. Yeah, and but I'm saying it. there's a few vowels in Korean that are just noises that you just don't make in English. Mm -hmm. um, so one that always gets me is oh. Because um, I used to say it as uh, but uh isn't really correct. It's all. Is and, uh lazy? Is that what uh, uh is like how you would say it if you come from English. Because it's like, it's like, it's, you know, this, when you it almost sounds like um, which is bad in speech. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's like I have to train myself to make this noise that I'm not used to making. Another vowel, it's not difficult to make, but it's just kind of like, it's just very different, is uh, uh. Sounds uh. like you're moaning. It's a little it's, odd. Uh, it's a little odd, I'm not gonna lie. Well, um, like, it's like the noise you make, say, like, you kind of stretch out your mouth uh, horizontally mm -hmm. and just kind of like, Pull your tongue, like pull your tongue back a little bit, and just like, Ugh. like, Ugh. yeah. Ugh. Sounds like an ad lib in the song. <laughs> kind of does. I mean, you could say that for a lot of vowels, like exactly, especially with rappers nowadays. Exactly. They'll put Rapper, in. Yes, rappers will say any kind of ad lib as long as like it's just catchy. Exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, pronouncing can be a little difficult. I'd say pronouncing Korean is a little bit more difficult than pronouncing Japanese. Um. Because Japan in Japanese the syllables are pretty straightforward. In Korean you kinda have like some syllables end in a way that is a little like you kinda have to like finesse your pronunciation a little yeah. bit to make it sound natural. Um Well you didn't grow up with it, you're learning it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the thing is like the funny thing is it's like I think if there was any language that I would want to learn as my first language it'd still be English because English is currency behind the language that and just like because English you have to understand like English is like a Frankenstein of a language because it's yeah. like made up of so many other other languages like people like to compare English to Spanish but the thing is Spanish's roots come from English. Latin. Latin no no yeah Latin and so does English to a point but English also takes inspiration from other kinds of languages and that's why there's a lot of exceptions. There's a lot of like different ways you could pronounce things that are both 
also, technically correct. Um, also, the Europeans colonized majority of the world, so a lot of people learned English anyways. Mm-hmm. So they took it yeah. Over. So English isn't like by person number the most spoken language, but I believe it's by country the most spoken language. <clears throat> And uh, it's always usually like that secondary language everybody learns in any country that doesn't majority, the majority of the population doesn't speak English. It's always that secondary language. If language had currency, English would be probably like the top currency in language. Yeah, it's definitely the most powerful. And like I said, it's also very difficult to learn if you're not like native. Because when you really think about it, right, we learn English all the way up through college. Exactly. You know, whether it's bad or not, you, 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 you're a step above like foreigners who don't understand English, regardless if your English is bad or not, learning it from K to college, like kindergarten to college. Um, if you know, actually college. I have an interesting perspective on that. I actually think there's, there's like native English speakers that speak worse English than people who learn English as their second language. Wait, excuse me? Say that again. Sorry. I think there are plenty of people who speak English natively. You know, like that's their only language they speak that speak worse English yeah. than people, some people out there that learn English as their second language. But they had to work hard to learn as their second yes. language. That's what, I was, that's what I was saying before. Like, mm-hmm. even if your English is bad, you're still a step above a person who's been trying to work hard to learn it as their second language. Yeah. They, they didn't grow up in an environment, an English environment. But I take that as like, yo, you have somebody who only speaks this language and and they're not even good at it. Yeah, that's how you should take it. Mm. And yet they're still a step above like the foreigner who's trying to learn as a second language. And then that foreigner who works hard to learn that second language surpass them. And then they complain that they get the job like working for a U.S. embassy or something like that because they worked hard for it. That's because, you know, the world rewards being bilingual. Yeah. And I think that's the a big, like, shortcoming in, like, the U.S. educational system. Is, like, we just don't take being bilingual seriously enough. Like, yeah, like, they'll, like, they'll, like, try to get us to take Spanish. But, like, you remember mm-hmm. Spanish class in, like, middle school and high school? Mm-hmm. Nobody took it seriously. It was so rudimentary. It yeah. Was so, it was so bad. Meanwhile, <laughs> like, English class in, like, Korea, like, even the people, even, like, the bad students... You can still, they can still talk to you in English. It's a very simple and like grammatically incorrect English, but like you can still, they can still have full on conversation with you. Uh, but that's not necessarily the case here in the States. Like I've taken, I, I'll admit, I've taken Spanish for many, 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 many years. And I, I, cause you're not fully focused on it. Like that's you, true. You, you know certain phrases. You know how to say hello, mm-hmm. goodbye, but in numbers maybe. But like you don't know how to like interact with people. And that's the point. In a full conversation. And that's the point because in the if you live in the U.S., you're just like, oh, what's the point of being like bilingual? I can just speak English. I'm fine. Um, you go anywhere else in the world, a lot of people are bilingual, at least if not more. Which you makes know? sense. You know, like a lot of like people I know in Korea, they know English, they know Korean, and some of them might even learn a third language, like it would be Spanish or Japanese, because you know Japan is right next to Korea, Korea. so a lot of people yeah. do learn Japanese there. Um, and yeah, like it, that's just a, that's just how it is. Like you just learn languages. <laughs> Crazy job opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like yeah. if you can speak multiple languages, like. Think of it this way, right? Say like you speak English, so okay, so you can get a job in the U.S. You can maybe get a, you can get a job like overseas in like England or something. 
uh, in some parts of Europe. Um, if you can learn Spanish, that opens up the gates to a whole bunch of other countries that you can that you can work in. You know, mm-hmm. like that just grows your sort of marketability and it grows like your potential job market that much because you can speak that language add on top of the add on top of that like a certain skill you possess and it could be anything your skills adds value too yeah like say like you know you're good you're like business administration and you speak two or more languages like boom like there's so many places you could get a job (laughs) exactly Uh but uh let's move forward (laughs) <laughs> that was a lengthy introduction, so I guess yeah. I actually move forward to the topic today. So, uh, I, I spent most of the time talking that that section, but now I'm gonna hand, I'm gonna hand this theoretical mic, even though we both have our own mics, mics now, now. <laughs> low key flex now. <laughs> but, um, but I'm gonna hand the theoretical mic over to you. Okay. And uh, so, Prince, what are, what's our topic of the week today? So our topic of the week today is paradigm shift. What's that? So the textbook definition of a paradigm shift is a fundamental change in approach or underlining subsum- assumption. Can't talk today. I feel like I say that every episode. Can't, can't talk, talk today. Yeah, can't talk. You can't talk any day. I can't talk any day. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, so that's the underlying textbook definition of it. Um, what I got out of that is like changing your perspective on life things. If it's like a personal um definition to you like if it's individual definitions the way you look at life but if it's a social definition it's more of like we socially are understanding like we're not thinking this type of way because of old way of thinking and we're thinking a totally different way like a perspective change Mm -hmm. so uh what is a paradigm right this is a rhetorical question it's a framework right it's a framework that has under underlining unwritten rules that like we have to pick up on that makes sense because it's not like it's somewhere we can just look up like you just have to pick up on it yeah and work around that framework to actually like move forward so let me interrupt you just for a little yeah, bit right. um this is a podcast supposed to talk <laughs> <laughs> a paradigm is the point of a paradigm is you're not necessarily supposed to notice it well i see it as more of like an epiphany like it just comes to like you start noticing like Oh snap! I've been thinking like this for so long, mm-hmm. and then like, just either whether it be one day or like it just compound over time, you start noticing like if I just change my habits, and like, look towards this mm-hmm. positive aspect, you'll notice growth and progression in your life. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And another thing, um, so just for clarification, we're talking about the philosophical application of paradigm shift because. If I'm not mistaken, um, this initially started out as like a like a life science um, sort of theory uh, that was applied to how we conduct research, and Correct. then I guess philosophers kind of took this idea and adapted it and to they ran with it. Yeah, <laughs> they, <laughs> they ran, ran with, with it. it. <laughs> they were like, um, "Yo, we're taking this idea," <laughs> and then applied it to like life. Yeah, life studies because you can apply it to your job, your marriage your friends, mm-hmm. changing group of friends, that's part of a paradigm shift. You even change your group of friends. It's just a mm-hmm. small shift in your life. So when does a paradigm shift occur? Usually occurs when one paradigm loses its influence 
and another one takes over. So like I said before, like the paradigm is a framework in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like in your mind, your one way of thinking and it has had a heavy influence on you. Okay. And then you just have like that one agent of change mm -hmm. in your life that goes on and it can change your whole perspective on life. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like paying attention to details, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, for instance, that door, those three door hinges. Like, imagine you have you seen doors before? They didn't used to have those type of like hinges. They just okay. pry open. But since those bars, you put like a little metal piece in between those bars. You can literally open the door more smoothly without hearing cracks. Remember, doors used to have cracks in back in the day and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Because those hinges would just like pry open. There was no metal bar. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, I know our listeners can't see what we're uh, talking about. but You, you can Google some... search a modern day bedroom door. There you go. But yeah. That's just the little detail of change. And it changed for the better. Growth. Change for the better. Exactly. Enigma Podcast 2019. Change for the better. <laughs> change for the better. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I'm campaigning. Right? <laughs> so um, let me ask you about a sort of a branching theory that comes from this and that is agent versus victim mentality mm. can you uh give some words on that so i did mention agent of change um i guess it's good to turn over to that question so it's a mindset thing right mm -hmm. if you're an agent in society you're looking for more of the positive because you know negative doesn't work in life. Like negative thoughts, negative actions just leads to consequences that compound over time until you end up either dead in jail or somewhere you don't want to be. Dead in jail or even worse, a nine to five. <laughs> sure. You know, just somewhere you don't want to be. And you're not you're not taking the blame game. You know, you're not you're not um, putting yourself in that blame game uh, mindset. That makes sense. Versus a victim mentality, you're gonna blame everything on the world for not for not working in your favor. Okay, so give me an example. All right, um, I'm probably gonna get dragged for this, <laughs> but why, why do you, why do you uh, breathe heavy? <laughs> I just want to make our listeners clear: this is your opinion. <laughs> this is my opinion, my biased opinion, what I'm observing. But, like, it's a sensitive subject. It's not, like, my full-on, like, take on the subject. It's just an example. But, like, you know what the crab in the bucket mentality is, right? The what? The crab, crab in the bucket? Yeah. Are you yeah. talking about the thing where, um, something about the crabs pulling each other down or something? Yeah. They usually, if you ever, we're, we're in the DMV area, um, Maryland, to be uh, precise, we're known for crabs. And if you ever caught blue crabs in a bucket, they usually tend to like pull each other down. And the reason I'm using that uh, mentality or analogy is because a lot of people, at least in America, like to point fingers. And I feel like that's just the effect of a first world society. Mm -hmm. Like, we just have so much that we have to find something to complain about. Does that make sense? 
You're saying we like we just have like just generally different concerns yeah. than like other sort of like societies oh, yeah. oh, that yeah. have like less exactly. than we do. Yeah, exactly. And I want to keep it very vague, if that makes sense. Um, I just think that living in a first world society, we have a lot of like we're in a technological boom. That makes sense. Like technology is just at the tip of our fingers. We can get paid off the tip of our fingers, but yet we don't really understand how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then we start complaining and pointing fingers when we see somebody else who's successful, somebody else who um, is doing better than you and they're the same age as you. And it's just like you want to put them down. And you see that a lot on like social media, you know what I mean? Or like reviews. Uh-huh. You know? And sometimes it is a personal perspective, but also you don't know what that person did to get to where he's at. Okay. At the end of the day, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's another like example of like a victim mentality. Like you just want to point the finger because you feel like you didn't get where you want to be in life because you didn't put in the work. You know what I mean? But you're ignoring that you didn't put in the work. You just feel like you put enough work in, and then you feel like you put enough work in with a person who's the same age as you, but way more success successful than you. Like you don't know what that person went through. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Or am I going off a tangent? I tend to go off tangents. So <laughs> it's a little bring, of both. Yeah. But like bring me back. Don't just let me go. <laughs> <laughs> I like to, I like to let you just run wild. Yeah, but I like when you poke my holes so I can like make sure like <laughs> everything's like in a straight line. <laughs> I make sure my thought process is going <laughs> where it's supposed to go. Yeah. So yeah, like you're just giving a personal example yeah. of the agent versus I feel like I articulated that so badly, but like that's how I view it. And I wanted to keep it vague, too, mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For time purposes, too. But, yeah. <laughs> All righty. So, let me ask you this. Okay. Uh, what's the general social impact of paradigm shifts? Or just the concept of paradigm, paradigm shift? shift? Okay. Um, at least in my opinion. I actually want you to answer this, too, if you notice it, too. Like... Techno- technology has definitely helped us like change our perspective in life instead of like commu- human interactions always communicating through word of mouth mm-hmm. we can create new thoughts by like looking through our twitter feed looking through facebook status and stuff like that we just create new thoughts or looking up like a book or article online hopefully it's like not fake news mm-hmm. you, you check your sources but yeah you know what i mean we just we create new thoughts from there new ideas which gives us new perspective in life and then whatever we're complaining about we try if you make an effort to make a change to it through those new thoughts that you or those new ideas that you've researched in the past if that makes sense um so you're relating this to media and communication i mean that's that's what has the biggest influence on society right now. Yes, that is true. You know, like mm-hmm. that's the only reason why I keep going back to me because mm-hmm. like people pay attention to me so much more now. On top of the fact that we both studied media and communication yeah. in school. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to piggyback off of that. Please uh, do. <laughs> I really uh, felt like it just is not sticking as how I want to and I want to articulate it as pro- probably as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, going specifically kind of narrowing in on media and communication, um, 
So we've defined paradigm shift as a fundamental change in approach or underlying assumption. Mm -hmm. Um, I've noticed that media has this power to cause paradigm shifts in the sense that it takes like this topic that we felt a certain way about and then opening up to uh, discussion. Opening up to discussion, which in turn leads to sort of a different way we sort of engage with said topic, if that makes sense. Um, That's a very like fundamental sort of explanation of like where I'm going with this. Um, As for an example, hmm. Um, hmm. (laughs) so one that just, I guess, first popped into my mind um, is the way we talk about George W. Bush. Okay. So, George W. Bush was elected in 2000. Um, very controversial election. Uh, we had, remember the whole recount. Well, I'm sure we don't remember. I remember we, the recount. You I actually watched, do remember? I, I actually watched it that night. Yeah. So, you do, but um, I was a little young, so I don't really know. Um, but we there was the big Florida recount thing, and then... Went it's back in Florida, right? Why is it always Florida as, like, a um, problem? But go ahead. I, I mean, that, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, works. <laughs> but, um... After, you know, many days, um, George W. Bush was elected as president of the United States, did his first term. Uh, during his first term, obviously, we had 9-11, and then we had the push to sort of, like, um, go into war in the Middle East with Afghanistan and Iraq. shoes. Yeah. Was, and then there was, like, the whole thing about, oh, they have nuclear weapons, which later we would find out that it was actually all bullshit. Shit. <laughs> Um, Propaganda. So, but before that, you know, uh, at the time, you know, his approval ratings were pretty high. Um, so he got elected in 2000, re-elected in 2004, beating John Kerry. Um, and then around like 2006, uh, after this was like after the aftermath of Hurricane yeah. Katrina. Yeah. Um, and um, that's when Kanye was, said George w, uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we just started to see his approval ratings really just tank. Yeah. And to the point where I remember leading up to the 2008 election, uh, a lot of people were calling George W. Bush probably, like, definitely up there with the worst presidents we've ever had. Well, the dumbest. They were definitely, like, going after his intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, then, obviously, in 2008, we elect Obama. He serves two terms. Um and then obviously we get Trump now. Um, and ever since we elected Trump, I've noticed that people are aren't really people have changed how they talk about George W. Bush in the sense that like oh like he actually wasn't that bad after all. Um, he's had more like I guess it's because yeah, like people compare, are comparing compare him to, to Trump. Trump. Like, yeah. Come on now. <laughs> um, to the point where like we see these videos online. Like remember that time of like. Uh, I don't know if you remember seeing this on Twitter, but I remember there. I think it was like the funeral for John McCain. Okay, yeah. Um, and then there was this video of George W. Bush and Michelle Obama standing next to each other, and like I guess they were like, like lovey, like best friends. Yeah, yeah they were like yeah. they were like acting like they were best friends. And then recently there was the whole George W. Bush and uh, Ellen DeGeneres uh, whole controversy. How like she Ellen was like, oh yeah, George W. Bush, like yeah, he's my friend, like yeah, he did some stuff, but I mean, we gotta forgive and forget. Um, not to cut you off, because I'm just adding on to what you said. It's a perfect topic because it, that literally after Trump was elected, that's when the shift started. Yes, that's exactly what you're pointing at, right? Yes, and it's just like 
because of the internet and how social media advanced, we become more poor, uh, polarized mm-hmm. in the sense like it's either you're with them or you're with us mm-hmm. mentality. And mm-hmm. that's getting into like a danger field of like understanding people. Yeah, that's a topic for another day. No, I'm just picking off of what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, like like I said, the election of Trump was basically, I guess, like the initiation of that paradigm shift with the way we talk about George W. Bush in like our history books. You get where I'm going? Yeah, I know mm-hmm. exactly where you're going with that. Okay, so with that being said, uh, I think we should give our closing thoughts on this topic, so... I'll let you go first after I gave that right. well articulated <laughs> example. You want a, you want a cookie or a pat on the back? Which one do you want? Uh, I prefer cookie. <laughs> um, Girl Scout cookies. Um, what do they call them? Uh, the Simones. I don't know. I don't know. The, the ones with like caramel and oats in it. Ooh, those are so good. This guy. Um, I feel like we're just constantly growing and like going through a paradigm shift as technology is advancing in our society it's just becoming quicker and quicker and quicker to come into new perspectives about life you know what i mean like yeah the me too era people were riding on it and social media just took that like a lot of the allegations and stuff like that and just ran with it without like vetting a lot of those stuff I don't have my own opinions about it. I'm just saying that's in one example. Black Lives Matter. Media just took it and ran with it. You know? And then, like, people are starting to, like, see through it or having their own thoughts about it. I feel like when, when Trump was elected, a lot of people in this country were, like, collectively saying, and there still are, like, impeach him, don't, shouldn't have him in office. Mm-hmm. But now people are, like, starting to think for themselves. You know, like, they're just like, oh, I think we should have Trump in office. Oh, I think we shouldn't have Trump in office. Oh, I don't believe this. Or I believe that about the Me Too stuff. Or Black Lives Matter this. All Lives Matter that. It's just like, now it's just like, okay, now people are starting to see what articles are telling the truth, what aren't. They're starting to check their sources more. That's a paradigm shift in themselves. Because I feel like in 2016, we were heavily influenced during the election. Mm -hmm. And we were just looking at the newest article from New York Times or like CNN, you know what I mean? Just like, what do they have to say? But now we're just, they're looking for other sources because fake news, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like fake news is out there. People can um, put a video up of Obama or Trump and like take different clips and then create a entire sentence mm-hmm. out of like six different clips. But the thing is like, that's been a tactic for a while, wow, for, like, for since like journalism began, Yeah, you know? Yeah, no, no, but I'm saying, like... Like, before we had, like... was more on paper, now it's on screens. Yeah, but it's been on difference. screens for a while, too. No, not, not, not like how it is now. You're talking about, like, we're talking... We were just talking about George Bush, like, 05, 06. Yeah. Two, I'm talking, like, 2010, 2011, past. When, like, Twitter and Instagram and all that were starting off. No, I, I understand you completely. But I'm just saying, like, this concept of, like... Fake news and media manipulation oh, yeah, yeah, been has been a thing since the beginning yeah. of journalism. Now, like you remember, do you do you remember learning about the term like yellow, yellow journalism? Yes, yes. Yeah, like the whole like late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundred thing, where these uh, newspaper outlets would 
would purposely like sell a story and like put in like fake details to kind of spice up the story. Think about the, fake, like, think about the fake news during the civil rights era, mm-hmm. especially with Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. the FBI wanted Martin Luther King dead. They mm-hmm. wanted him to kill himself, like mm-hmm. just stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, just give your last thoughts on Paradigm Shift, and we'll close out the show. Um. Yeah. So. It's interesting to learn about, uh, especially, so like for me, obviously I have like this bias towards like the whole philosophical application of paradigm shifts. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, obviously, cause that's what this episode has been focusing on. Cause like I said earlier on, um, how this started as like in relation to like a scientific method mm-hmm. and to see that applied to sociology, to communication, to philosophy, uh, is really interesting because you begin to see, like, these... When I think of, like, paradigm shifts, I always focus in on, like, the trigger of the shift. Like, what caused this fundamental change in how we approach and understand something? Um, So I think finding, like, those triggers allows us to sort of... uh, learn more about how you know things work Mm -hmm. in terms of uh, sociology philosophy communication um so yeah that's really interesting to me so why why is it uh why you feel biased about it just because it's well i when i I say bias i mean like i'm referring to the non like um life science Okay. Uh, application so where, like, it's where you originated from yeah, yeah. ironically like, enough yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying with that. yeah because yeah. uh, uh just for uh just to kind of clarify what uh prince just said uh i actually used to study uh, chemical engineering in school um but i learned i just wasn't cut out for math and science <laughs> i mean you're not that bad math honestly I'm not that bad, but you have to be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to work through it. Like Yeah, and that's the thing, like for me, if I hit that brick wall in math, um And you're not inspired anymore, you're just gonna give up. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel that. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel that. But those are our last thoughts. So I guess I'll give out my social media information for continuity, just keep it going. Do you have to look on your phone or do you memorize it memorize it by now? I memorized it. Alright, go ahead. <laughs> Anyways, um, my Instagram is at p dot underscore n i g m a, which is Nigma, and then my Twitter handler is at Nigma Prince, which is n i g m a p r i n c e. Please follow me. And you can reach me on Twitter at <laughs> at brian d lifer b-r-i-a-n-d-l-e-i-f-e-r if you want to reach me by instagram that is at bumblebee brian b-u-m-b-l-e-b-e-e underscore b-r-i-a-n there you go uh brian close this out in korean please just because you had that lengthy introduction you might as well close this out in korean how to say goodbye teach our audience Alrighty, uh, so I don't know if I mentioned this before. Actually, I did mention this on a previous episode. There's uh, two common ways to say goodbye, and okay. that depends on 
if the person you're saying goodbye to is leaving or staying. So what do you think our visitors are? I mean, our listeners are. You think our listeners are staying while we're leaving or are we staying while our listeners are leaving? I think we're both leaving. Cause... If we're both leaving, then you use the one that, that, you're, that you say to somebody who's leaving. Okay. So, and that would be... And young Igaseo. I'm not saying that. So what I'm <laughs> going to say is goodbye and thank you for listening to another episode of NCAST. Hope to have you guys back on the episode.